are now listening to the Legends Lingo Podcast. Here are your hosts, Al. You didn't ask him about I that long? I was getting there, Beetle. Now, what the holy fuck kind of host are you? I mean, you're probably in the lead. shit, dude. Someone Chris is trip, please. Powder. Yes, sir. And Maddie D. Uh, and on top of that, now you have a triple effect. You have... The Niners looking for a long-term answer with Jimmy G in-house. Maybe they don't want to spend the money on Jimmy G. Maybe he gets freed up because they go after a guy like Teddy Bridgewater, who now theoretically could be freed up. So there's a lot of dominoes to fall. Enjoy the show. All right, welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Welcome to the Legends Lingo Podcast, episode 207, presented by Student Union Sports. Dot com. Check out everything going on on studentunionsports.com from all the podcasts to the daily blogs written. Alan Hagen here, Tom Powder Cadmus here as well. Powder, how are you tonight, my friend? I'm doing great. Um, Baseball Hall of Fame just announced their newest member, Scott Rowland. So congrats to Scott Rowland. Um, Todd Helton falling 11 votes vote short. Of making it, and Billy Wagner, who I I was big on, wanted to make it, was like just under 70%. So I think Todd Heldon and Billy Wagner should be either next year or the year after. Both of them should be elected, but congrats to Scott Rowland. Shout out to Scott Rowland, Cardinal third baseman, absolute legend in the game. So again, shout out to Scott Rowland for making the MLB Hall of Fame. But we're not going to talk about the Hall of Fame. Nope. Unless Powder wants to at the end then of course we can we are going to talk about some other things we're going to talk about the patriots we're going to talk about low red Sox programming note we'll do a little bit more of a bruins and Celtics show next week we've just gotten so much lately with the patriots and the red Sox that we have to report it so yeah. it is what it is but before we do all that we would just like to say really quick Hey everyone, it's Alan Powder of the Legends Lingo Podcast and as featured contributors on studentunionsports.com, we're excited to be part of this platform that provides a platform for college writers and young adult sports enthusiasts. We want to remind you that our show, along with all of our other sports content, can be found on the website. That's not all. Studentunionsports.com is currently looking for student writers for the upcoming winter and spring semesters. If you're a college writer or young adult looking to build your digital media skills and create a professional portfolio, this is the perfect opportunity for you. So don't hesitate and visit studentunionsports.com today and submit your application to become a member of our community. And again, shout out to everything that's going on at Student Union Sports. It's a good place to be. Good time to be a part of it. Yeah, definitely. It keeps growing every day. It does. It does. So let's get into it. Powder, what do you want to talk about first? You want to talk about Patriots? You want to talk about Red Sox? Which one do you want to talk about first? Let's get into Patriots. I feel like that's more meaty and it's actually probably a good thing to talk about. Okay, so Patriots, there's a lot going on. Let's start with the big news that broke on Tuesday morning. So we're recording on January 24th at about 7.40 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And as we record, 12 hours ago, just right around, give or take, yeah. Patriots have a new offensive coordinator. It is old friend Bill O'Brien. For those that don't know Bill O'Brien, he was part of the Patriots from 2008 to 2011, started off as an offensive assistant, eventually made his way to becoming excuse me, the OC and QB coach for three years before he ended up going to Penn State, was the head coach of Penn State for a couple of years, came back to the NFL as the head coach of the Houston Texans, then went to the Alabama Crimson Tide for two years as their offensive coordinator and is now back with the Patriots as their OC. 
So Powder, I'll kick it to you first because I do have kind of a long-winded, typical, long-winded answer for this question. Um, how are we feeling about Bill O'Brien officially being the OC in New England? I think it's a good thing. Obviously, I think anybody in New England could have guessed this is exactly where the Patriots are going. Obviously, there's a little bit of me who wanted to go outside the box, get someone a little different, uh, new style of offense, help Mac Jones. But I think Bill O'Brien's the right guy. I think he has long pedigree of success with offenses. And plus, he very recently worked with Mac Jones while he was at Alabama. So it has that connection. He's familiar with um, the Patriots system. He's familiar with Bill Belichick's on Bill Belichick Trust. So I think it's a good thing. I think he's going to help Mac Jones. But in a way, anybody besides Matt Tresher calling plays is a good thing for Mac Jones. So I I like this move. I like the move too. It's a good move for a number of reasons. Number one, obviously – he hinted to it. It's a Bill Bill Belichick guy. Bill O'Brien has been a part of the Patriots system before. He knows how the Patriots kind of run things. So obviously there are, there are probably some changes that have happened in 12 years since he's been there. But guess yeah. what? You know, for the most part, he knows Belichick. He knows how he wants to run things. So hopefully that'll be easy. Number two, big thing. He's worked with Mac Jones, not directly, but they kind of connected when Mac Jones was leaving for the NFL and, Bel- and O'Brien came in to be the OC at Alabama. Mac Jones actually stayed behind on campus for a few weeks and taught Bill O'Brien basically the playbook for Alabama. So mm-hmm. they've worked together in some capacity. And there's a report out there, Powder, that Mac Jones is, quote, very excited about working with Bill O'Brien. So when you make your quarterback happy, that's a good thing. I think I also yeah. saw when the Patriots announced it on Instagram, uh, Tyquan Thornton, Kendrick Bourne, I think Ramondre Stevenson, a couple others, Devontae Parker, I think, was in there. All liked it. So safe to say the offense is very happy with this yeah. move. So that's definitely again, a good thing because you saw Mac Jones yelling at Patricia during the season. Right. Because he didn't know because Matt Patricia didn't know what he was doing. I mean, yeah. let's just call it like it is. I mean, you don't go from averaging 27 points a game in the NFL to barely averaging 21 by accident. You just don't do it. You know, and in the Patriots, they didn't lose a lot of talent on the offensive side of the ball. In fact, they actually added, they added Devonte Parker in the offseason in a trade. They drafted Tyquan Thornton. So you would have thought that the Patriots, the second year of having like the Bourne and Henry and Smith and all those guys and Mac Jones, obviously mm-hmm. they would have gone in a better direction. They would have gone up, but instead they regressed. So, you know, it's up to Bill O'Brien to try to fix it. I think he's going to do some good things here and you know, hopefully it all works out. But I think it's fair to say that the legends boys are on board for Bill O'Brien being the OC. Yes, we are. So let's transition then, Powder, real quick. The guy that Bill O'Brien's replacing is Matt Patricia. Now, there's a rumor that because the Lions are finished paying Matt Patricia's contract, which I forgot all about, Powder. Oh, yeah. The Lions are paying him because of contract he signed in 2018. But it looks like Patricia could be on his way out of New England. Now, I want to ask you this, Powder. Obviously, Matt Patricia is not going to be involved with the offense. Doesn't seem like he's going to be involved with the defense. The Patriots actually interviewed Adrian Clem, who was who was doing a bunch of things at Oregon. And it looks like he could come in and be the, the offensive line coach. And that's a little bit of what Patricia did last year. So now here's my question. Would you be okay with Matt Patricia going out the door? Or do you think he's better off suited in some sort of role with the Patriots? 
I mean, I like Matt Patricia. I used to love him as a defensive coordinator, but I think I think just after this year, I think just getting him out the door and kind of saying thank you for the memories back in the day, but this past year, this experiment with you with the offense did not go well. Go find somewhere else that they can value you more than the Patriots will. So I wouldn't be uh, – you wouldn't see me set, shed a tear if he walks out the door. Right. You're kind of indifferent at this point, right? Yeah. Because it's like if he goes out the door, like good luck to him. Let him find maybe if some team is wise enough – I'm going to use that term loosely to, – to hire him as a head coach again, great. If a team wants him as a defensive coordinator, that's great. I know a couple teams are out there looking for DCs. But the thing is, is that he's not a guy that I am I would really miss. Like Josh McDaniels, obviously, we really missed in 2022 because of his work with the offense in 2021. But Matt Patricia is a guy that, you know, if he went up to the front office and like worked with like contracts and like free agency and like draft preparation, stuff like that, that's fine. No problem. Go do your thing. But he's a guy that I think coaching wise, like his best work was behind him. You know, like the the fourth quarter, like even the the second the most of the second half, Super Bowl fifty one, you know, Super Bowl fifty two, they let up forty one points as a as a defense. Yeah, you know, as a total team, really. And then obviously he did what he did with the Lions, and then he comes back here and he just totally does nothing with the offense. So it's like, what what can he contribute to it to a squad? What can he contribute to an organization right now? I agree. Really, nothing. Nothing. Right? Yeah. Nothing. So. You know, Matty P, he wore like the the bar stool, Roger Goodell clown shirt. Like he 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 gets it, but at the same time, it's also like, hey man, if you can go do something somewhere else, like do your thing. But yeah. you know, good riddance. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. Thanks for the early part of your career here, but we we're, we're gonna move on. Yeah. So, so I don't think we would shed a tear on that one. No, definitely not. Okay. And the last bit of Patriots news I just wanted to bring up real quick: Gerard Mayo. There was a report, I believe Albert Breer was the one that came out with this report, that Gerard Mayo was sitting in on the offensive coordinator interviews with Bill Belichick. That's a big sign to indicate that it looks like Mayo is next in command. Potter, I'll ask you this. Gerard Mayo, he's looking at a role that Josh McDaniels was kind of looking at similar a couple of years ago before, obviously, McDaniels took the Vegas job. And then even before that, he had accepted the Colts job, took it, said no thanks anyway, afterwards, after Robert Kraft you know, promised him like all this money and all this stuff. But anyways, I'm getting off point. Are you happy with the fact that there's a plan in place for Gerard Mayo to be potentially the next head coach of the New England Patriots once Bill Belichick decides to hang it up? Yeah, I think that's definitely a good thing. I think it helps kind of keep the uh, culture of the Patriots intact if you have someone in waiting. Obviously, Maybe, yes, it's a good thing to get someone completely out of the Patriots in as a new head coach, but I think having someone with the way the Patriots are run. But no matter what, you have a new face, it's going to be a different, a little bit different culture. But having someone who knows how to win and stuff like that, I think it's a good thing. So I think having someone with Belichick that's learning directly under him, going to interviews, just sitting in on all the meetings, everything, doing everything that he needs to do to be prepared, because I think Belichick, I've heard a lot, so I think it's about two years he has left, and then he's probably done. So so I think having Gerard Mayo now, obviously McDaniels was here for so long, and he probably really wanted it, but probably took 
he's probably like, I've waited way too long. I need to get out of here, do my own thing. I think it's definitely a good thing to have someone there waiting. Absolutely. And Gerard Mayo is a guy that's well-respected around the league. He's had several head coaching interviews. He had a head coaching interview in Philadelphia a few years ago. And I know, obviously, like the Cleveland Browns were going to interview him for their defensive coordinator position. The Panthers had inquired about him interviewing for their head coaching position. But obviously, he's taking a bigger role because he wouldn't have turned down those offers if the Patriots, excuse me, didn't really sweeten the pot for him. So, you know, a guy that's won a Super Bowl here, a guy that was an all-pro here, like, give me that guy. Yeah. Like, give me, give me that guy who also played defense in the NFL and played it at a high level. So, you know, the defense is going to be taken care of when Belichick leaves. And he can just say, all right, you know, whether it's Bill O'Brien or, you know, whoever running the offense, like, let him run the offense. Yeah. You know, so I dig it. I, I like what the Patriots have been doing the, the past really week with Gerard Mayo and the hiring of Bill O'Brien. So, I mean, they're, they're really coming together, which is just really good. Yes. I agree hundred percent. Any final Pats takes before we uh we d- dive into the Red Sox a little bit? No, I can't wait to see what they look like under Bill O'Brien with the offense. Same here. And I also can't wait for the next time that we get to A and B Kitchen and Bar because Powder, you want to tell them uh, tell our folks our folks, our fans <laughs> and the 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 fine folks. I can't even talk tonight. And the fine folks it's of okay. the Legends Lingo podcast about A and B Kitchen and Bar. Yes, I definitely can. One of these days, Al and I will get back to AB Kitchen Bar. Like I say, every week it's located right across the street from the TD Garden. It's a place to meet up before, after, even during games, concerts, whatever that's at the garden. It's just such a great atmosphere. All their food is local. They make burgers. They have pasta. They have meatloaf. They have all different dishes. They have local beers and wines. Um, even their soda is local from within 100 miles of Boston and everything. And uh, the service is great. The people are great in there. Um, like I say every week, go there before a game, get a bite to eat, go on to the Bruins or Celtics, or even during a game, get the atmosphere right there. You're right next to a garden. You're going to feel the atmosphere like the Bruins are going right now. It's probably bumping at A&B Kitchen and Bar. And tell them the Legends Lingo boys send you. It probably is bumping, honestly. And especially tonight, where when we're recording, the Bruins and the Celtics are both playing, and they're both yeah. hot as can be. Again, we'll oh. kind of talk about that more next week because the NBA trade deadline is going to be coming. So we'll be talking a little bit about that. And the Bruins could be making some history. But again, we'll talk about all that next week. Red Sox. Winter weekend was this past weekend. A lot of fun events going. Powder and I have been, we went twice, I believe. Well, yeah, two years in a row for COVID. I think 2019, 20, yeah, 2019, 2020. 2019, 2020 before COVID hit. Okay, that makes sense. The timeline yeah. checks out. So we've been there. It's fun. I don't think it was a lot of fun for fans this year because especially with everything that's going on. So let's set the let's set the scene a little bit. So it's at, oh, what's the place in? Um, Springfield, Springfield, MGM Springfield. Yeah, so it's it's at MGM Springfield. Bunch of players, bunch of coaches, owners, everybody's there. And there was a section where former Legends Lingo guest Jared Carabas was actually on a panel with Sam Kennedy and John Henry and Hein Bloom and and all those guys. And and I give I give a lot of credit to Jared because he asked a, some really tough questions. One, the first one being where's Xander Bogarts? I thought he was priority number one. 
And Heim Bloom Powder, when he tried to explain everything that was going on, just got booed. There was a guy that kept yelling Dave Dombrowski every time he tried to talk. <laughs> like it's it was crazy. And then there was another question that Jared came up with, and it basically said, are the Red Sox still a priority for you guys as part of Fenway Sports Group? And I think that was a valid question because a lot of fans kind of wondering where where the the priorities are. Yeah. And the funny thing is, I think the question was directed at John Henry. John Henry didn't even answer. I think he just looked at his watch. And then I think it was Sam, uh, Sam Kennedy that answered the question for him or Heimblum. It was one of the two. I forget exactly which one it was, but isn't that a little telling? Mm-hmm. To like, Very telling. It, it is. It's like John Henry doesn't care and doesn't get the fan base. He doesn't. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you don't understand what this fan base has gone through, especially over the past like three, four years, even five years with the, the 2019 team, yeah. you know, and I'm talking obviously off season two, right? So 2019, yeah. 2020, 2021, 2022, and then into 2023. Yeah. But I think they were justified in getting booed, but I also think the fans could have given the guys up there a chance to explain themselves without getting rudely interrupted. I mean, I don't know, Powder, you kind of read about it. You kind of heard some things about it. What is your takeaway from just kind of that reaction from the fan base? Is it warranted? Is it not? What do you think? I think some of it's warranted because they're that's what you expect in the Boston market for sports. They're going to boo you if you don't, if you're not winning, if you're not signing the players that they want you, they want them to sign all that stuff, but also let them talk, let them have their pain. But it's very telling if John Henry like that John Henry didn't answer it. Like if he's, he's been around the Red Sox for however long he's been the owner, you should know that these fans like honesty, just be honest, be like, look, we didn't want to open up the checkbook. I know you love them, but we have even, even just give a bullshit answer. Like saying we have guys in the minors that are going to come up and we're really confident that we didn't want to lock Bogarts in for the long term and have those guys come up and not be able to use them because that gives a fan base hope. And that's something Red Sox fans like to have. Oh, we have guys in the minors that you guys believe in. Okay. Maybe that's why you didn't sign Bogarts, but just not giving an answer at all. That's just like, okay, you're going to get fans to turn on you. Like they already have, like they already have turned on you, even though you signed Devers good. But if you're not showing Red Sox fans love, they're not going to show you love back. And it's going to, they're going to be brutal to you. It's a slap in the face. Yeah. I mean, it's that simple and fans have the right to be brutal. You're right. Powder because they charge so much for tickets and they're wondering like why fans aren't going to want to come out and watch the games. Why are they so aggravated? It's because they want a good product on the field. And I think you made a great point too. We just want to know a direction. Yeah. Like they don't want to say rebuilding because that's not what Boston's known for. That's understandable. But like fans would appreciate your honesty more and be like, you know what? That's tough to say. But guess what? At least he had the guts to say it. Exactly. He being Heim Bloom or Sam Kenny or whoever it was. Yeah. But to, to not go over the luxury tax and then to stay under the luxury tax and all this stuff, it's just like, it, I just, I don't get it. You know, I don't get how they think that this is going to help their standing with the fan base because the fans are what drive the product. Oh, exactly. So if you don't have the fans, how is your product going to benefit from it? Mm-hmm. We're just going to talk about a couple moves really quick that the Red Sox made. 
I'm just going to kind of shoot them off pattern. You just tell me your first reaction, just kind of got thoughts. Um, we might have talked about this last week, so just bear with me if we did. Red Sox signed outfielder Adam Duvall to a one-year, $7 million deal to play the outfield. Thoughts on Adam Duvall? I think it's a good thing. It's kind of your outfield is going to be a lot weaker pulling Kike into uh, shortstop with Trevor Story being hurt and having either Jared Duran or someone else play center. But Duvall, he's kind of underrated defender from what people thought. Even before when the Red Sox first signed him, I was like, why did they sign him to play center? I thought he was a corner outfield and start reading some of the metrics. And he has, uh, he might not be the fastest guy, but he has some of the best reactions and reads on balls and routes to balls of outfielders. So he should be, he should, he's shoring up the out, outfield defensively. Okay. I, I agree with all that. Gives you a little bit of power. Might slip yeah. into the six hole. I'm fine with that. Um, To make room for Duvall, the Red Sox designate right-handed pitcher Matt Barnes for assignment. Matty uh, backpacks, long gone. That shocked me because of how much it's $7.5 million they have to pay Matt Barnes to DFA him. Uh, obviously, Matt Barnes was unbelievable. I think it was, what, 20... When did he sign the extension? Was it last year? Was it 20? I think it was 2021. He was unbelievable up to that point. Then he signed the extension. It's very weird that the like it felt like the moment he signed the extension, he was an all-star and then just completely derailed. And he's the type of pitcher. His fastball's good, but it's not great. So if his curveball's off, he gets hit very hard. So so he's the kind of hair miss guy. Um sucks to see him go for what he's given the Red Sox, but he kind of was starting to get hit around a lot, so I can see why they did it. I would just wish it was Ryan Brazier. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I don't know what dirt Ryan Brazier has in this organization, but he just finds his way through all of these transactions. Yeah. It's amazing. It's like in those – I think it's like in those alien movies. I could be wrong, but it's like the only thing that will survive is like a cockroach. Yep. It's literally Ryan Brazier's that cockroach. He literally just like survives everything that happens with the yeah. Red Sox. It's just crazy. Yeah. It's absolutely crazy. All right. Uh, a couple more real quick. Red Sox acquire infielder at Alberto Mondesi and a player to be named later or cash considerations from the Royals in exchange for left-handed relief pitcher, Josh Taylor. I I like Albert Mondesi. He's a, um, he's not one of the best defensive shorts, but he's fast. He can, he has sneaky pop in his bat. Um, I strike out the guy though, so like I think he'll just be a good defensive guy, like good guy I have on the bat on the base baths, but he's just a I think some death death in the lineup. You need it. And I it wouldn't surprise me if the Red Sox still signed like another middle infield option, like yeah. an Elvis Andrews or a Jose Iglesias. You know, just another guy just to have some depth pieces, but yeah. I'm totally okay with that. And then finally, Red Sox are looking like they are still want to sign a lefty reliever. Are there any lefty relievers, Powder, that you would really be interested in them signing? Um, I don't know who's still out there. Um, let me look real quick. Is there anybody you can think of off the top of your head? Uh, Zach Britton's a name that's always interested me. You know, he had his career in Baltimore with the Yankees. You know, that's a guy that you can get him cheap on a contract, you know, one or two-year deal, right in that, like, seven to ten million. Actually, not even that much, like – Maybe even like three to seven million at the most. Like, I'm fine with that. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, that's someone I would definitely go for if you can. Let's see. And Kike Hernandez, by the way, tweeted out, I feel good about my team. That's the tweet. Mm-hmm. Gotta, love, gotta love Kike. Yeah. So, yeah, just if you can get 
uh, Zach Britton or trying to see on a tracker anybody. There's not much left actually, so yeah, maybe Zach Britton might be the real only good option left out there. Andrew Chafin, I think, is another name that's been brought up. Yeah. I think, but again, there's not many options out there. Maybe another trade comes before spring training starts, so who knows? But we shall see. Yes, we shall. Any other Red Sox tidbits before we kind of uh, head out this week? I got nothing. Just hoping the season is as bad as we think. I think they're going to be all right. And I saw this. um, Actually, I saw this tweet. I forget who tweeted out, but it's actually pretty interesting to think about. The White Sox finished 81 and 81 in the worst division in baseball. And they were projected to win that division, be World Series contenders, all that. And everybody's like, oh, the White Sox will bounce back. Like, they're fine. And the Red Sox finished, what, with 78 wins or something like that? And Mm -hmm. in the best division in baseball, the toughest division. And everybody is like, oh, my God, the Red Sox are failures. What are we going to do? So just something to think about. They had a similar season to the White Sox. And the White Sox are being, hey, they're okay. And the Red Sox are like, like, the whole world's going to blow up. So trying to have more positive outlook on the season this year and hopefully it goes good. I hope so too, for their sake. I really do. I do. I hope that they have a decent year. Just be competitive. That's all I ask. Don't get blown out every night because that's no fun. I agree. Absolutely not fun. If you were waiting for the Bruins or Celtics talk this episode, you're going to have to wait till next week. That's a little tease. So that way you have to come back and listen to us next week. Rate and subscribe as always to the Legends and Go podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Anchor, and everywhere else where you can get your podcasts. Make sure to check us out on Twitter as well at Lingo Legends. Short episode this week, Powder. Yeah, but I felt like it was a good episode. It's always a good episode. It is. Uh, again, check out studentunionsports.com if you want to get into writing or you want to get into podcasting. Go check it out. Hit up the guys and uh, see what they can do for you. Good people. Yeah. For Tom Powder Cadmus, I'm your host, Alan Hegan. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening to episode 207. And we'll see you next week for episode 208. Yes, sir.